Welcome to Elixir Wizards, a podcast brought to you by SmartLogic, a custom web and mobile development shop based in Baltimore. My name is Alex Housand, and I'll be your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Cindy Mien. Hello, Cindy. Hello. And Eric Ostrich. What's up, Eric? Howdy. And my producer, Bonnie Lander. This new season's theme is the impact of Elixir. We do not have a guest today, but you do have the three of us because we want to give you guys all of the chance to get to know us a little bit and honestly, just for us to hang out together. So everybody, Sunday, Eric, what's new with y'all? So excited to be here. This is just so chill, so casual. This is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> just to hang out in a space. Mm-hmm. Especially now that everything is virtual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I really want to know what Eric's been up to. I feel like that's top of mind. We'll get into why. <laughs> yeah, so I guess Elixir-wise, I've mostly been working on a new project called I Know that's built on top of, I, I think it's Ellie, which is a different HTTP server. So it's, I Know is a, I don't know, different take on how to build these applications and just trying out different things, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. And I guess most recently I've been building a Twitter clone and like making that work and making it live, but a different kind of live and (laughs) all that fun stuff. What was the like grand inspiration for all of that? It's just kind of like seeing how like Phoenix is appears to be trending towards mostly live view stuff and just also kind of wanting to do this. Uh, <laughs> seemed like as good as time as any to start experimenting and try different things out. And like I've done a, a lot with Kalevala, which was also a like V3, I guess, of, of text games. And a decent amount of learning from that has come over into Ino just mostly in like layout of an application and doing stuff through reducing and, and all of that. So, yeah. I feel like I wouldn't really know where to get started. Like if I wanted to start something like that, do you have any advice besides like have an idea, open a text editor, (laughs) Elixir mix new, call your project. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, a lot of it was just like, a lot of it, experimenting and other things and figuring out how I want to do configuration and like that kind of stuff. And I've been talking with someone else with this and they had hint- hinted me towards Ring. So I was looking at the docs for Ring, which is a closure HTTP framework thing. So a lot of that was taken with that. Plug obviously has some amount of influence. So does Phoenix. Yeah, it's just kind of like trying to keep it as simple and dumb as possible. <laughs> Which is exciting. I think I, I know I just I just threw Eric right into it. But um <laughs> the reason it's it was interesting to us as a team as 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 the wizards I like to say is that you know we've been talking a lot, you know, internally about the future of Elixir and the impact Elixir has on people, the impact that Elixir will have in the future. And that sort of spun us under the season idea. So this is kind of where we're starting. And we wanted to kind of just get a get a like a ground base level 
where are we right now? What's going on with us? What's going on with Smart Logic? What's going on with the community? And like set a base for for where we'd like to go with the season. So that's why we went with no guests today. But we're, we've all got some fun stuff going on. So I thought it would be nice to start with Eric's project. <laughs> Alex, what's new with you? Let me tell you. Uh, nothing as cool as I know, really. I did get to see a crane recently in operation because we got a new air conditioning unit installed. So if anybody really wants to hear about air conditioning units, I've got you. I can tell you all about how the crane came and like lifted itself up on the street. It was pretty cool, honestly. Like, you know, when you see little kids watching the trash truck and they're just like, wow, so incredible. That was me as a fully fledged adult with my coffee watching this crane like, this is neat. This is the best day ever. I'm picturing that kid from The Incredibles, the one standing on the driveway, just like waiting for something amazing to happen. <laughs> but it's so, I don't know, something amazing, I guess. I believe exactly. that's exactly what he says. <laughs> As somebody who was just told that they kind of look like Edna Mode, then I feel like it is my duty to provide as many Incredibles quotes as I possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. This is how we live our lives. <laughs> Work-wise, though, I've been pretty involved in the new apprentice program here at SmartLogic, which mm-hmm, has been really mm-hmm. great, honestly. Like, I think a lot about the fact that I really kind of just lucked into a first job, just totally lucked out. We've talked and about your, your path to software engineering before, but like in like a 20-second spiel, you want to talk about that real quick? Sure. I definitely was not a person that sought it out like as a career path most of my life. All I cared about really was dance. And when I realized that I didn't have the personality to be a professional dancer, I was like, well, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Personality to become a professional dancer? There is yeah. a personality. Mm-hmm. I have like, I think I have like a lot of the extroversion that's needed. I think what I don't have is the like total like willpower to do anything that it takes to follow that. Like I would like rejection after rejection would probably just destroy me. And I would like being like working in the service industry while like extremely can be extremely gratifying. I think doing that like to live and then also like taking classes and auditioning. I just wasn't meant for it. Which yeah, is fine. In, in figure skating, we obviously there's competitions and judges and the whole thing, but we also do testing. So how people decide like what level a figure skater competes at, they, they have to test into it. And there was one test that I failed five or six times. I think I started at the end of middle school and I stopped skating briefly in like high school. I like ended on, on failing that test the sixth time. And I, I still don't think I've recovered from it. (laughs) Uh, My coach certainly hasn't. Uh, We talked about that recently. I don't want to derail totally from from your dance story, Alex, though. So I'm going to, we can probably catch back up on this. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a time. It's similar. It's like, also, you're at like, you're still developing mentally and physically and emotionally. So like, going through all of that as a teenager is really rough. And then going Mm -hmm. into college is like, I did dance at college, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but also college I too. did quit the dance team within like one day of the like boot camp before school started 
because like I said, it wasn't one day. It was like two days, whatever. That's still not, that's 48 hours as opposed to 24. The, the first day of practice was just like, it was hard, but it was great. But all of the girls on the dance team were like real mean and shitty. And I was like, I don't need this. Uh-huh. Nope. Bye. Quit. Did I ever tell you that I actually did one of those dance auditions? And I completely forgot, actually. So I probably didn't mention it before. But my one of my best friends was trying out for the dance team. And she we didn't we were freshmen and we didn't know the location of the the auditions and it was like pre-audition week so she was like will you go or i uh, somehow i ended up going with her to the pre-audition which was just learning the choreography for the audition and i was like well i'm a figure skater i can probably pick up the choreography for this and it doesn't matter i'm not auditioning like i'll learn it with you figure skaters spin in a different direction from dancers yeah, you do. And that doesn't seem like a big deal, but that is not the natural orientation for my body to move in. So while everyone spun one way, I had to spin the other. And it was just so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> but I could do everything else. You're like, uh... <laughs> yeah, you have to really have some kind of like, igno- like, I was just like, nobody's looking at me. No one cares because I'm not really auditioning <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah. It just like wasn't worth it. But that experience too was like, I don't need to continue hanging out with people that like might be this way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, not saying mm-hmm. all dancers are that way because they're not. I'm not. I have yeah. a lot of friends that aren't. But like, yeah. why would I do that? We, we, and you definitely learn a lot about like the environments you want to be in and also the environments you want to perpetuate. So, you know, you mentioned about having this kind of like opportunity to just get thrown into, you know, tech. And now we, as a company, are kind of hoping to facilitate that welcoming environment for apprentices also. So how how is that translated? How is that going? I think very well. I've been enjoying working with them. Like, I had a really great first job in, like, as a software engineer, I would say, in terms of I had, uh, like, two specific really great coworkers who were like similar-ish enough in age that I think they understood where I was at. And so we got along very well, but they both had a little bit more experience. So they were just like really good mentors. I would say that from like a management perspective, that job was seriously lacking. So that's been something for me that's been like a fun side of this to explore. But also from the actual coding experience, trying to instill the like it's okay to like not feel confident in what you're doing because the confidence took a long time to come. And I would stay um, mostly all the time still not there. So like, it's okay, you know? Uh So it's nice to, it's nice to help people like figure out that this is something that they can do, not just something that they like want to do. Uh uh That takes a while, you know? And this is our second time running this program. Eric, can you, like, because Alex and I both weren't here for the first first round. You want to talk about, like, how it went before? Yeah. So that was, I think, 2018, maybe, that we did uh, the first round. So we had three people. And I d- think they worked on small tasks on client projects then, too. There, it was kind of like, a, I think they had a... They like self-organized a weekly meeting to like chat about new things they learned and whatnot, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And then 
the I mean, the end goal of that was we either hire them or help them get a job. And we hired two of them and helped the other get a full-time job at a company we were familiar with. So yeah, it was pretty successful. One of the apprentices stayed for, I think, three years and then left to go work with a friend and the other is still here doing great. So doing great. Just gave yep. a talk. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of talks, we, we've had a, a fun uh, last week. We're recording this on Monday, October 18th. So ElixirConf just ended. SmartLogic had a crew out in Austin, myself included. And then we also had Steph from our team give a talk on Ecto Multis. So that was super cool. If you listening haven't checked it out yet, please do. It's great. But yeah, it was a fun time. It was really nice to be able to participate virtually as just an attendee mm-hmm. and not like an MC, I will say. Yeah, it took, mm-hmm. it was, well, it was obviously a lot less taxing physically and mentally just to be able to watch and also like do a, do some other things while I was watching was such, was, was so nice. It was so nice. Being an yeah. MC was really great and very gratifying, but man, oh man. I almost said this word for word to our, our team while we were there. Like I I loved speaking. I loved getting to know everyone. I loved hearing about how, you know, listeners listen to the podcast, you know, all of you out there, if you came up to me and said hi, loved it. But I also recognized that I was distracted. <laughs> and so maybe I wasn't intaking the content as much as I'd like to. So I'm definitely gonna have to go back once all the recordings are are posted and watch everything again. Uh, maybe avoiding mine because I, I don't know that I can <laughs> do that. <laughs> I mean, in the same way that I still, spoiler alert, everybody have yet to listen to an episode of our own podcast because I am just very afraid to hear my own voice because I hear my voicemail message and I'm like, I sound stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> the idea of hearing my voice in like a long extended amount of time kind of causes me a little bit of anxiety. Actually, real quick, while we're talking about elixir anxiety, (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) No, no, no. no. I just wanted to give a quick shout out because at the end of my talk, I I mentioned a quote: "Negative values will move backwards in time." And then I asked both people online, like on Twitter, and then also at the talk, if anyone knows where that's from without looking it up. I, I, I like couldn't think of a of a thing like a reward or something. So I was like, oh, why don't we just give them a shout out if they get that right? So I want to give Philip Brown a shout out. I I think Philip writes at cult, C-U-L-T-T-T, which looks like a tech thing. But anyways, Philip got the right answer. The uh, the library was daytime uh, dot ad specifically. So uh, I got a lot of good responses or guesses around Timex. Close. <laughs> But anyways, Philip, shout out to you. What does he win besides pride? Pride. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Yeah. You know, I thought about doing like some kind of sticker situation, but we, we had some fun stickers at the conference too. And they were they were for everyone. Were they a big hit? Did they people were, love our pet stickers? They were a big hit. And then um, another another teammate, Melvin, who was sitting at the booth, came up with this fun game of match the wizard to the pet. And that was just amusing all around. 
<laughs> For folks listening in, Eric has a rooster sticker. Alex has a dog sticker. And I have a cat sticker. And they're yeah. great. <laughs> also, not to say that there would be anything wrong with this, but Eric does have more than just a rooster. Like, he ha- you have mm-hmm. chickens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we got eight chicks earlier this year. And the store said that they were all... They're like they're supposed to be sexed to be only hens, so we have an accidental rooster, but he's he's pretty sweet. It's got the like long, wiggly like rooster feathers. <laughs> I'm just like, what's the temperament of a sweet rooster? I don't know. He's he he doesn't like try and pick at you, but sometimes he like looks at you, and then you just kind of like, you like he just kind of like. Be bigger than him and make a noise, and then he's like, "Fine." So. <laughs> that I mean, that has been a fun thing that's been going on for you this year that we've gotten to kind of check out internally. We watched those chicks go from little baby cheap cheeps in the corner to fully plumed beings. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for like three weeks, we weren't getting eggs, and then we got you can get like fake eggs to like suggest to the chickens where they're supposed to lay eggs and they started coming again. So it's pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I guess there's also a chance, I think chickens molt around now. So their energy might've been going towards that. I don't know. Fascinating. This is, that's, that's like shedding. Yeah. Yeah. But like for feathered creatures. Yeah. Also okay. the term you would use to describe like crabs, crabs molt. What? Yeah, yeah they, they shed their exoskeleton. Yeah, they shed their their shells and then they grow a new shell. I'm a bad born in Maryland person. I crabs, did not know this. Lobsters. <laughs> oh, actually, I don't know. The crabs reminds me. At ElixirConf, whenever I met someone from somewhere I hadn't really, like I hadn't been personally, which was basically everyone, I would ask, what is something that is like common or known for a place that they're from? but that I wouldn't necessarily know of as not being from that place. And the That's answers an were great. Question. They were wild. What was I, the, I highly what recommend was the this question. most fascinating one? Well, now everything is a blur. <laughs> um, I remember asking someone from Utah. I think they're at Divi, maybe. That sounds right. About something about Utah. And the last time I asked somebody from Utah that question, they said they said something about fry sauce. Which is interesting. I didn't know fry sauce was a thing. Alex, did you have that in the South? As opposed to ketchup? It's like a specific sauce. So, like, you could ask for ketchup ketchup or mustard. I I do love ketchup and mayonnaise as a combination. I don't know what the combination is, but it's like a thing. It's like a fry sauce. You, like, ask for fry sauce. It's a sauce that you eat with your fries. That's what I got last time. And I'm blanking completely. Fascinating. (laughs) What it was this time. We did not have that in the one south. One part ketchup, two parts mayonnaise. Okay, so it's. I was gonna say we don't have that in the south, but I have been asked as a waitress in the south if the people could just get mayonnaise on their salad instead of salad dressing. So that's a thing. Yeah, people love mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Go Dukes, mayonnaise. I, I don't not know. the sports team. <laughs> I think the so the answer I I normally give around that one, like being from Maryland, is is that about like. Old Bay, the seasonings like that's our thing. People are like crabs, and I'm like, yeah, but specifically Old Bay. 
We put it on everything. <laughs> Only old bay. I don't know what I would I would do. There's so many things about South Carolina. There's so many things. I don't I wouldn't I really wouldn't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a fun question. It's a good icebreaker if you're if you're at a conference and you're meeting people from all over the place. We did have extra wide and extra long long parking spots at my high school to accommodate really big, big trucks. Oh, that's and funny. really like lifted up Jeeps and shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did have that. Yeah. We had camo day during spirit week. Of course we did. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. None of it feels very, very unique, but it did at the time. I've said this multiple times to Eric that we did have feral cats in the ceiling of my high school. Uh, also yes, not yes, like yes. unique to South Carolina, but <laughs> a fun story to tell. <laughs> I think a, another one I got was about Hawaii. The highways are interesting there. They're not like, I guess they're more windy, maybe, was the answer there. That makes sense. Just given the topography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great word, by the way. I heard it recently said out loud, and I was like, that's a nice word, topography. Well, if you're working with maps a lot, Alex, you know, maybe topography is something on the on the brain. Yeah, it was really fun meeting people from, from all over. Eric did suggest a way to determine where somebody's from, which is, how do you say the word W-A-T-E-R? W-A-T-E-R. Oh, <laughs> literally spelling that. <laughs> yeah, because how else do you say it without giving away yours right 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 i know that marylanders say that a particular way that i i don't say it that how way how do they all. say it wooder oh mm-hmm. i don't like that sorry guys mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i don't like it either I say, I say water yeah water same. maybe with water. like maybe kind of with water. two d's instead of a t water i yeah. say i say milk instead of milk and milk. with like an e Mm-hmm. And it definitely comes from the fact that I went to like three and four year old preschool in Minnesota. Hmm. But I, I, there were some friends I grew up with who were like, you can never say that word in front of us because it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, let me see. Oh, I just feel so slow today. Sorry, guys. I am, um, I just feel like I'm made out of tacos. <laughs> so I'm not functioning at my normal capacity. I actually, I went to get coffee yesterday on my regular like weekend errand run. And I told my barista uh, that I run into every weekend, basically, that I was made of tacos and I haven't had a vegetable in a week. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah keep that going. Don't start again until Monday. <laughs> What's a vegetable? Yeah. What is a vegetable? We've been joking in my house because I made some double chocolate zucchini last week. So anytime we go to get a piece, we're like... We're eating vegetables. That is, in fact, a true statement. Technically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is very good, too. Mm-hmm. I I am actually really curious about, like, how many people total attended all of ElixirConf, like, in person and virtual, since I only got to go to the first half while the second half was online. Wow. Well, Eric's what a fluffy cat, cat comes to talk to us. So I learned this weekend because I went to a brewery for their first anniversary, and there happened to be a birthday party there for a three-year-old greyhound named Pearl. Happy birthday, Pearl. And there was another greyhound there named Mika. I went to go say hi, and I was scratching Mika's head. And greyhounds, when they're happy, chatter their teeth like they're very cold. Today I learned 
Wild. Had no idea. Also, how? What? What do you mean? How is that what you do? I don't know if you you caught this on Twitter, Alex, but we were doing this like hashtag for the conference, Elixir Conf, that was like Pets of Elixir. It was kind of in the spooky theme. Uh, so it was like a insert spooky pet here, pet wearing costume. I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to get my cat into a costume. You can barely pet her without her immediately cleaning herself. So I just, I submitted a photo of Marble in a like she she's like in the white duvet comforter like she's under the covers and she looks like, like she wants to pounce on something so her eyes are super big like her pupils are humongous she looks like a ghost cat um i once put a tutu on bean and she just like didn't really care and we went for a full walk with her wearing the tutu just <laughs> great she was probably yeah. like this is the cone of shame but on the wrong end she's like i don't like it but whatever yeah also has a pink tutu somewhere that she wore every now and then but she loved it because then that meant that when people saw her they go oh so cute and give her attention right right and dogs know they know when you're like what a cute dog they know Mm -hmm. they're Mm -hmm. so smart Mm -hmm. and then i think we have one year we dressed the cats up as christmas things one was an elf and one had a santa hat i don't know we've got just too many cat costumes it's like a I, I will bee say <laughs> and a Susie and a corn. Oh, yes, I have seen this. Yeah. Living in the 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 world in which Eric came before me at ElixirConf was real fun where a lot of people thought Marble was Eric's cat because they just see Smart Logic stickers, cat stickers equals Eric. And I was like, no, no, my cat, my cat. <laughs> Obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sandy, how do you deal with all the cat hair? Serious question. Uh, I have a Roomba. We can't That's talk funny. about vacuums because we'll be here all day. Okay. I have a Roomba. That helps a ton. And yes, lint rollers. Lint rollers. Love a lint roller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love a lint roller. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I wish, no, couldn't ha- ever have a cat. I would die, number one, from my allergies. And number two would also just be like so anal retentive about getting up all of the hair i actually think most of my friends with dogs have more dog hair than i have cat hair i, I don't think have dog hair because she don't shed oh right right she she a doodle also i i think you eventually just get over it so that's fair <laughs> yeah alex somebody did actually walk up to the smart logic booth at elixir comp looked at bean and was like this is a burn doodle and i was like you know you know is a burn doodle he goes i have two. Oh. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. that Hi, friend who has two Bernadoodles. If you're listening, hello. You're listening, hello. <laughs> Bean would love to be your friend. Well, really, at this point, our pets are our friends of the Elixir community now. Bean Went is home really with a lot of folks. Everybody's friend. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. That's true. Speaking of the community, what do we like? I feel I haven't really been a part of this community that long since what, 2017? Mm hmm. How many years is that? Four? That's a lot of years. That is a lot of years. But I also, I I actually came to this distinction a little while ago where I was thinking about like, just because you work in Elixir doesn't mean that you personally have to identify as like working or being in the community. You can work in Elixir in your day job and then you go home and like, that's all you, you do. You think about it. That doesn't mean automatically that you have to be involved. So even like Alex, I don't know like how much stuff you did outside of work, but if you only started doing stuff, you know, with a community, you know, recently, then that's even 
more recently, you know, than, than 2017. Right. It's been nice to like, just meet other people though. Yeah. 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 And I mean, one thing that this is not a unique problem, like went to Elixir conference in Bellevue, Washington in, I guess that was 2017. Mm, 18. I don't know. Was that 18? I think so. Okay. Whatever year I went. And I know we had this, we talked about this too Sunday at uh, Austin, where it was like, hmm, there's five women here, but not a unique problem in tech. Mm-hmm. But one of the nice things I've enjoyed so far about like doing the podcast and is that I feel like I've met more women who, who are involved in the community that are just maybe not as public or were not a member of members of the community when I at least went to those two conferences. So yeah, it is interesting to see sample sizes of things like that. I was looking at the Stack Overflow Developer Happiness Survey 2021 thing that we saw a while ago where we saw that Elixir was number four in most wanted to work in languages or whichever that one was. And that was also like a 5% women kind of breakdown there. I, yeah, it's interesting. Like I don't feel the divide as much because we personally like on this podcast and like through conferences and and virtual conferences have interfaced with so many, so many different people. So like so many different groups of people and worldwide too, uh, not just United States based. So it's kind of interesting. But yeah, so that distinction, Alex, by the way, on the community thing, it wasn't like specifically about you. It was, I wanted to kind of draw that that illustration because I was thinking about it recently that I know a lot of people sometimes feel pressure to to do more, to be a part of a lot of stuff. You know, you don't necessarily have to. <laughs> no, I would like um, to take this opportunity to tell everybody that it is okay to take a break. Go take that nap. Yeah. Just, uh, do and it. like even further, if you don't want to do extra, if you don't listen to the podcast because you're the, you don't want to be the most up to date or you don't want to really read the newsletters, you just want to do your job. Like that's fair. We were talking about this a lot at the conference uh, last week that it's fine if, if you're programming and you just want to like do what you got to do. Just, it's just an interesting illustration of the community as a whole is to, to make sure that we're welcoming to all types of people, even people who like don't want to hang out with us all the time. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, we also, you know, we're talking about with our community a lot. We were also curious, you know, what the season we want to chat with people about what they hope to see from the community moving, moving forward in like the next five to 10 years. And maybe we could start here, Eric. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Spill all of your hopes and dreams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Elixir's done, right? So, <laughs> be the same. <laughs> never grow. Never change. <laughs> You're doing great. Stay as is. I mean, like, more people using it would be cool. Just yeah. more, more companies using it would be cool. I think, like... Again, I keep saying this phrase, but like it is just true. It's not unique, but like not be companies not being afraid to like make a tech change just mm-hmm. because it's a change. I feel like there probably are places like Elixir is a great language for their use case. And just the idea of making a change is scary mm-hmm. and rebuilding something from scratch is scary. But I feel like companies doing that, that would be cool to see, like using a language that actually 
does what you need it to do. Yeah. And something that I've been noodling on for a while too has been sort of around this, we want to adopt more folks Mm -hmm. into Elixir. And then conversely, we see a lot of job postings, the listings around senior engineers. A lot of the talks last week that were not technical focused kind of mentioned how this can actually stunt our growth because you don't give people room to grow when you start folks in Elixir at the top of their career trajectory. But also, I I actually, I, I drew a parallel here with our adoption that I just can't believe I didn't think about when we were doing our adoption uh, season. For a really long time, I was, uh, I did leadership uh, work in IEEE. The, I was not an electrical engineer. I just happened to be involved with that. And one of the things that we struggled with, with retention of members, was marketed everything inwards. So if we sent an email for an event, we sent it to our members. Instead of having a Slack group with all of our members, we made one ourselves and spent a a lot of money on it. And also instead of using like Meetup to advertise our events or or Eventbrite, the other one, uh, we made our own event tooling system that also goes straight to our members. So we were having a lot of growth problems. And it was only in the last like three years that I realized we were only advertising internally, not externally. And I'm drawing some parallels there because, I mean, we as Elixir developers, we also advertise outwards as well. But I feel like a lot of our job listings are for Elixir engineers, talking towards Elixir folks, putting things in Elixir circles. And I would love to see us in the next five to 10 years branch out and and post Elixir talks at other conferences or submit, sorry, submit Elixir talks at other conferences and blog posts on other blogs that are not just Elixir focused ones and and have guests on podcasts that are not Elixir podcasts. That would just, I think, really help with this like marketing aspect. Yeah, there's something to be said too for looking at somebody's skills holistically as opposed to like very specifically. There are a lot of skills that people can have that are not related to the language that they program in most frequently. And that's also important, I think, to just always keep in mind. Yeah. I worked with a lot of people in a lot of different languages. And when I catch up with them and they ask what I'm doing now, I say Elixir and it's the first time they've heard of it. And then so they associate it with me. And then whenever they get a chance to work in Elixir or see anything Elixir related, they ping me right away and they're like, Elixir, Elixir. I'd <laughs> I would love for me not to be the association for my friends. I'd love for it to just be a thing that they got to work with at some point. I mean, now I'm going to be associated with Lord Farquaad because yes, as a, in addition to being told I looked like Edna Mode, I was told I looked like Lord Farquaad. There's uh, a, a long list of people that <laughs> have that yeah. haircut. This is true. Also, honestly, an honor to be related to anything that's near Shrek. So, yes. I mean, I'm not offended. Lord Farquaad, a villain, obviously, but also like iconic. Like, yeah, an iconic villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love Shrek. So I mean, I, I when I think anything Disney, I think Alex. That's <laughs> fair. Turned twenty Dis- this year. Shrek did not turn twenty this year. Eric. Shrek yep. did turn twenty this year. He did. He did. He did. He did. Isn't that wild? Next year, Shrek can drink. I think Shrek's been drinking. <laughs> it is weird though to like know that movies that you love watch and enjoy are old 
The ones that you, ones that you remember coming out, I should say. It's a very strange feeling. I remember going to see Kangaroo Jack for my 10th birthday. That's not a good movie and I would not recommend watching it. But I remember like, it's weird to have a memory of like a movie debuting. Yeah, I'm just looking up the po- the poster and images for that. And that was, I don't think I ever saw it, but. You don't need one, to. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely do not need to. It's so 2000s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like most things, really, which are coming back now. And I would also like to take this opportunity to tell everybody that wear what you want to wear, but low-rise jeans were never a good idea, and they still aren't. (laughs) Don't do it. Don't. Oh, fashion. I've seen recently that corn has been coming back. Like, young kids are, like, ironically or unironically wearing corn t-shirts. Again, not related to the elixir the the band corn yes the okay. band corn i was seriously thinking of cute little t-shirts with corn on it corn as a pattern i would I love a t-shirt a with hoodie. just like a buttered corn on the cob <laughs> i think i saw a hoodie that had a corn on it i was recently also because of the conference shout out to jeff from community had this amazing psyduck sweater he was wearing it on friday wednesday and I was like, let me buy this right now. <laughs> duck? Psyduck. It's a Pokemon. Oh. It's a little, the yeah. He has this My little face that looks like he's not. Expanded that into side eye duck. And I was like, that sounds awesome. He's I would kind love of doing a, a side eye from the side, actually. He's like turned around. So his little like duck butt is flapped up in the air. And it's really cute. It's so cute. I did buy it the next day it's coming in a few weeks i'm so excited but uh, why were we talking about this oh oh when i was looking for the sweater i saw a bunch of sweaters with corn on it so that's definitely what i thought i mean i support both i think i'm not a fan of corn but like the the music i am a fan of the food but yeah i don't know it's it's interesting i think all kids have a have a phase where they're like i'm gonna wear band t-shirt Mm-hmm. That's not what kids sound like. Um, also weird to say kids and I'm talking about like 16 year olds, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know at what age I turned into like an old hag. But <laughs> as as Dan likes to say, get off my lawn years get old. My, get off my lawn. Whenever yeah. he says it, though, I think of get like G.I.T. Not get. <laughs> I've been watching this uh, YouTube channel about retro video games and his shtick is get on my lawn because he wants to share the love of retro games with oh, everyone. Oh, that's cute. I like it. I like I it. Alex that. is making a face. But... I love it. Oh, it's a good face. Got it. <laughs> that's cute. Also, what a pandemic thing to start doing, watching a lot of YouTube videos. Uh-huh. I used to make fun of my parents. They would, I'd be like, what are y'all up to tonight? And they're like, we're watching YouTube videos about tiny RVs. I'm like, that's neat, guys. And then lo and behold, I'm, I find myself watching videos about how bridges are built. Yeah, that's fun. I think in my, I don't have a lot of spare time these days, but in my spare time, I recently started that Flutter book, Alex, the one that came out a few weeks ago. I talked about it a lot last week at ElixirConf. found it funny because we're at ElixirConf, not FlutterConf. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, new book came out. It was fun. It's fun going through it section by section it's a good time i'm excited to go through that 
after we've wrapped this latest Flutter project. Because right now my brain is so fluttered out. <laughs> Such a good verb. Which Such a good verb. works just like in general as a phrase. Like if you've got spaghetti brain, I feel like you could say your brain's been fluttered out. Mm-hmm. My brain done did been fluttered out. Exactly. Sorry, everybody. The one thing you need to know about the South is that people who grew up there can usually do a decent Southern accent. <laughs> you also earlier, Sunday, this is absolutely on a tangent, but yes. said you've been noodling and... I want pasta, yes. Well, the the thing that I've been thinking about is that <laughs> there is a, a man on TikTok who has a 13-year-old pug named Noodle. And every day he wakes up and he makes a TikTok and he de- it, Noodle decides whether it's going to be a bones day or a no bones day. And he like kind of like lifts Noodle up on his dog bed to see if he stands up. And if he, if he stays up, it's a bones day. And if he falls over, it's a no bones day. And so people have started treating it like a weather forecast. So they're like, yeah. it's a bones day. Treat yourself. Eat that pasta. Go buy that car. Go buy that jet ski. Do whatever you want to do. Woohoo. So now when you said noodle and I'm like, it is, it's a bones day today, everybody. Okay. Okay. So treat yourself. All right. Pasta for lunch it is. How, <laughs> how often does bones day happen then? Is that like a rare occurrence? Um, yes. Yes. Noodle is not about standing up. <laughs> Most days are no bones days, which I respect. You're a 13 year old bug. You get to do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. How old is your dog, Eric? Questionably 14. Uh, we don't know how old she was when we Beth, my wife got her, but at least 11 plus probably like two or three. So 14 to 15 ish. Yeah, I don't know. She's she's up there. I'm she also loves the, uh, the everyone has left the house and now she just gets to sit on the couch or yeah. her little bed mm. and do nothing the whole day. Yeah. I mean, don't we all? Also, not related to anything, but since we're here, <laughs> um, Alex, you will not believe that when I was at Elixir Conf and after we did our little promotional thing about Smart Logic. And Yair talked to Rose about being in a band and me about being a figure skater. I just kind of went into it with a, I'll be the only figure skater here. That's a normal thing. That is my normal default state. I am the only figure skater here. And I, in fact, was not. I met another figure skating elixirist. Wow. Isn't that crazy? What a treat. I can't imagine that's pretty rare. Yeah. I am not remembering now which company she was from, but it was great to meet her. Uh, she came to my talk and came to me after and said, hey, I'm also a figure skater. <laughs> what a delight. Eric, I would really like to thank you for sharing the news about a coworker who has a pug <laughs> named King Tooth. Yeah, King Tooth. <gasps> I love King Tooth. Wow. Yeah, so I'm was... looking at pictures of him, by the way, everybody. Uh, I just remember King Tooth went on vacations to Maine mm. by himself. It was, I don't know how that treat. happened, but... Wow. Yeah. He like went to visit their friends. And I don't know. I just remember everyone at that house would give King Tooth a treat. And everyone like the normal amount of treats for a dog in a day. But everyone in that house would do it. And so he would get like four or five times the treats. <laughs> Absolutely. King, yeah. King Tooth deserves the treats. 
So King Tooth is going in the show notes, right? Because we have to share this. <laughs> King Tooth has a public Instagram with 33.3 thousand followers. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Everybody go follow horses, King Tooth. I think somewhere. And he lives yes. in Berlin now. Yeah. Wow. Alex, where are they, they moved to? What a life. I'm jealous. Is, uh, is Berlin on your mind? I've been meaning to ask. Yes. Well, as we record some episodes out of order here, an upcoming episode, we talk to someone in Berlin. But I want it to be a surprise. Ah. So uh, Berlin on my mind because of that. I also watched Cabaret last week for the first time, which is weird given my love of musicals and dance and Bob Fosse. But I watched it for the first time. Also on my mind because of that. Because that takes place in Berlin. Yeah. Great movie, by the way. If you've never seen it. Very niche, though. So, like, if you don't like musicals or dancing or Liza Minnelli, then, like, don't watch it. You will, you, you probably won't enjoy it. That's just a fact. <laughs> uh, bringing it back to Elixir real quick. Do we want to talk about the impact of Elixir on us? Perhaps. As yeah. we are going into a season where we're going to ask everyone else the same question. Maybe it's only fair. <laughs> I think so. I mean, Elixir brought me here. That's probably the biggest impact so far, honestly. Here where you're sitting right this second or right Smart this second. Logic. Uh, right this second, speaking into this microphone, working at Smart Logic. I mean. In a house with a new AC unit. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yes, with a new AC unit. Shout out to that crane company. Yeah, I mean, like, working at a previous job where they hired me and taught me Elixir and then got a different job because of the pandemic where I didn't get to use it. And I was like, I don't enjoy this nearly as much as working in Elixir. And now I'm here working in Elixir and talking about it to other people who enjoy working in it, which is cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Like we've talked about this before about like how much Elixir clicked with us, Alex. Eric, I don't know if it was, well, Eric, you've always been great at everything, I feel like. So I don't know if you had a not clicking moment with another language, but I definitely did. And I did not, like, I think I've done, if I like review my career trajectory over my, the course of my career, just like looking at how much more Elixir clicked for me, it's just been interesting. (laughs) Eric, I don't want to speak for you though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I did Ruby before this. I think that clicked fairly well, but there was definitely a moment, probably probably about like a year to a year and a half in where like just being in Elixir long enough changed a lot of how I wrote Ruby and JavaScript and everything else. And it's just like much more functional and feels better. <laughs> yeah, changes the way you think. That's fair. That's fair. I was thinking about, you know, obviously just having gone to the same exact... So I feel like the last conference I went to in person was Lone Star Elixir in 2019 with Alex. Alex was the only person I knew there when I when I showed up. And just to turn that around in the next place I go to is right back there, right back to Austin, right back to Norris Conference Center. And now through the podcast and Smart Logic, I know a lot of people... <laughs> I got to see a lot of familiar faces and and meet a lot of new ones. And I actually was talking, I don't know, Alex, if you also met John, I'm going to shout out John Forsyth. Hey, met John at Lone Star Elixir and then met John again last week at Elixir Conf. And we were talking about how when I showed up 
at Lone Star before, I just started Elixir, just started my journey. And now I'm kind of like, you know, I'm at the next conference and I'm, I'm speaking and I'm with an Elixir company and, or, you know, Elixir focus company. And it's just like a totally different vibe, totally different turnaround. It may really it makes you reflect on how a language has impacted your entire trajectory when you, when you meet somebody from a different perspective, I guess. I don't know if Alex, you had like a similar from then to here, then and now it's like before and after photos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to go, I got to go to Lone Star and I went to the, the big comp in Bellevue uh, the year before. And I'd also never been to a conference like that before. I, oh, in general. In general, never mm-hmm. been to one. So that was also just a cool experience getting to do that and like having somebody prioritize my development in that way because that was never something that had happened. So, in, and there's that uh, another element of that where this is the first time, like working in Elixir is the first time I've had the experience where people want me to grow working in a language actively and are like doing things for that purpose. Right. And not just like working all the time to learn it, but proactively helping me learn. Yeah. I think, I think we've all been affected by Elixir like in different ways and we've had really interesting career growth out of it. And I'm really excited to see how other people have stories that kind of go around this. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk to, to more people about that for sure. I'm too. Yeah. And to see just how people are involved in general, whether that's not, or they're just working in it, they're not working in it, but it's a side project language, open source projects. There are a lot of side project errs. Yeah. Is that enough? I think it can be. <laughs> side project errs. <laughs> There's a better yeah. name for this. It definitely can be a verb, noun. Side project ing. Yes. Verb. Amazing. Language. English. I feel Rock like half, half my Twitter the last like week has been memes of like a some like the all my current side projects. Here's my new side projects. And it's like, oh they're all mm-hmm. like greeting each other. <laughs> I feel like I always walk away from conference week with a few side project ideas. I would also like I've to say better at not immediately buying the domains. This is about something them. that I've thought so many times before. Like started having this thought in college. It is okay if you like don't want to have a side project. You don't have to do that. That was something that like I had a professor in college that said that everybody had a million dollar app idea. Yeah, and I was like, no, they don't. That's not true. Absolutely not. And we shouldn't like force people to like feel bad that they don't have a million dollar. Don't app worry, idea. there's people. There's some people who have a, a million million dollar app ideas that make up <laughs> for the rest. So right, exactly. Yeah, I definitely being raised in like startup land felt bad every time my friends or coworkers were all like, "Okay, see ya. I'm going to work on my startup idea," and I was like, "What? I'm going to go home and cook dinner <laughs> or watch Netflix, whatever." <laughs> Just. That was like my thing for a while. And then just like I was saying earlier about like, you don't have to be a part of the community if you don't want to be like, you don't have to do side projects. Just like do what you want to do. We've, I think in the past year and a half, have really learned what's important to us and really pursuing it. Yeah. Yeah. Like taking breaks. Do it, everybody. Taking breaks, 
pursuing passions, re-pursuing passions. Like I restarted figure skating and I didn't expect to in my adulthood. So that's kind of crazy. Playing a bunch of GameCube, Xbox, and PS2 games. Pretty great. GameCube. Mm -hmm. Man. Normal ones or retrofitted ones? Love it. Uh, I guess I don't know the difference actually. Original hardware, but modded. I would love to play some GameCube. Maybe I'll play Mario Kart later on the Switch, though, not the GameCube. I actually just bought the uh, GameCube Double Dash. Oh, it's so good. Well, it's, yeah, it's the actual GameCube discs and whatnot. Yeah. Oh, man. Splurged a bit, but you know what? I (laughs) have very fond memories of playing Double Dash with my youngest brother and Mario Dance Dance Revolution or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was so fun. The way that I see Eric's like working on GameCube stuff, like in my head, that's like a side project of yours, but that's not like a smart. It's smart logic. We have side project club, which totally redefined to me what a side project is. A side project is really just anything you're doing on the side. Yeah, so if Eric's redoing his floors, club. <laughs> yeah, if Eric's redoing the floors and Alex is redoing the entire AC top to bottom. Man, I would. I did not do a a darn thing in that fight, but uh, I did live through it. Does that count? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a lived experience. I counted a side project. My I have a year long side project that I just finished, which was technically I wanted to do a non technical talk and a technical talk this year, and I did them both, and that was like a little little check mark on my my accountability club thing. I think I should probably add like folding laundry to my side project club list. Oh, no, I got it. And putting it away. Designated drawers. That's all you need. (laughs) They don't really need to be folded. Why do they need to be folded? You just need to know where they are. They don't need to live in a laundry basket. kind of enjoy the art of folding. Like, okay, fine. If you want to do it. (laughs) I would not say it is artful folding, but like Mm -hmm. it's kind of cathartic Mm -hmm. in its own Mm -hmm. way. But I'll, I'll fold them when I... When I do get around to folding them, and then I just have folded laundry somewhere that's not put away. Ah, I see. I see. Well, I try to put away laundry, and then my cat immediately pulls the drawer out and is like, I live here now. So, you know, that's not fun. (laughs) Alex is making a face. Cats are just wild. Yeah, she's a little too smart for her own good. It's all right. I mean, I feel like every year there's a study where some scientist is like, Cats, if they were large, they would kill you. Mm-hmm. There's a recent trend where uh, people play like an ancient Egyptian flute song around their cats and their cat reacts. It's like a, like a, <gasps> I'm looking over, my eyes are wide. And people are saying that the cats are remembering a time in which they were worshipped as gods. No. <laughs> no. That's the trend. I tried it. My cat was just like, what is this loud noise? <laughs> probably. I mean, I haven't heard it, but it probably more sounds like something another cat makes noise wise. <laughs> um, It's like that really uh, like low sounding flute noise. I, we got some musicians in, in the company who probably could speak to it better than me. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a funny trend. It did not work on my cat. Can 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 confirm. Yeah, so I think we've done a good portion of life updates here and Elixir updates here. Is there anything else? Man, probably. 
I mean, yeah, there's probably some updates here, but you know, people will learn them in due time. Yeah. 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 You'll probably get to hear us chit chatting about donuts at some point in some episode and Mm -hmm. hopefully not air conditioning anymore. True. Pets. Bean yeah. comes up a lot. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, what did Bean eat off the street today? I don't know. Great icebreaker question. Or, with your count, or, or your counter. Or your counter. counter. Mm-hmm. It's actually mostly the counter. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I had a I had a bit of a panic moment in the middle of the night because she got up off the bed. And she's 70 pounds. So you notice when she gets up off the bed. And she didn't go into the other bedroom. She went downstairs. And I was like is she getting stuff off the counter? But I was too tired and still asleep pretty much. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't, I did not get up. She didn't get anything off the counter. That you know of. Mm-hmm. That's true. We do have like a, a loaf of jalapeno cornbread right now. Oh no. That if she managed to get her hands on, man, that would just wreck her up. Oh no. <sighs> we don't I mean, that. This, this is, okay. Bean getting cornbread or jalapeno cornbread would suck. But learning... Learning about all of our kind of like quirks and things that we deal with every day, I think it's fun. I think it was fun learning that last week, meeting people in person as well. I've I've always thought it's like super important to like see the human side of the developers behind the thing and the hosts behind the the voice or whatever, just because, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people going around doing stuff. And sometimes we do stuff that impacts other people's stuff. But for the most part, we all have our own our own things going on. And it's just fun to talk about it. And so as we talk about the impact of Elixir, we just thought we'd talk about the impact of life a little bit too. I love that, Sunday, And it really was a perfect segue for me to say, that's it, everybody. That's it for this episode, this first episode of the season. Can't wait to see what the season brings. Learning more about each other, everybody else, and Elixir's impact on us as individuals in the community. So that's it, guys. Elixir Wizards is a Smart Logic production. Today's hosts include me, myself, and I, Alex Hausen, and my co-hosts, Sundim Yen and Eric Ostrich. Our producer is Bonnie Lander, and our executive producer is Rose Burt. We get production and promotion assistance from Michelle McFadden. Here at Smart Logic, we build custom web and mobile software. We're always looking to take on new projects. We work in Elixir, Rails and React, Kubernetes, and more. If you need a piece of custom software built, hit us up. Don't forget to hit like, subscribe, and leave a review. Follow at SmartLogic on Twitter for news and episode announcements. You can also join us on the Elixir Wizards Discord. Just head on over to the podcast page to find the link. And don't forget to join us again next week for more on the impact of Elixir. Elixir.